Jesus House in Pursuit of God Discovering Purpose Maximizing Potential Impacting Lives This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London God bless you We want to thank you for your word. Uh, the entrance of your word brings light. We're desperate for that light uh, in dark times around us. Your word breaks yokes and lifts burdens. Let that be a testimony. Let it do that and more, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. We're going back to... To, to finish our uh, series on the power of communications. Um, and if you want a title uh, for today's message, uh, the title is The Platform of Friendship. The Platform of Friendship. The Bible talks about a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Um, uh, Jesus says that he calls us friends. You and I understand friendship um, in a natural sense. There are some people who we say are, are friends. Uh, they are close friends. You know, we, we enjoy the time we spend with them. We look forward to seeing them. We share things with them. Uh, the relationship is a special one. And God is no different. Uh, God has sons and daughters, but God also has friends. Um, and that's different from sons and daughters, uh, God's friends. And there's someone in the Bible that God himself calls his friend. And the Bible in two other uh, uh, parts of scripture uh, tells us that this person is God's friend. But it's also God's testimony about the person. You know, I love the song, I am a friend of God. How many love that song? Uh, but you know, that is us saying it to God. Um, it would, it's interesting, I mean, I wonder if God would say that about you and about me. Um, Agu is a friend of mine. Uh, Siam is a friend of mine. Uh, 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 Bola is a friend of mine. I wonder if God would say that about us. You know, we, we, if I started to sing that song now, all of us would sing it with gusto, arms lifted up. I am a friend of God. And we would even jump up and down to just let God know that I am your friend. But I wonder if God is saying the same thing concerning us. Of course, he says we are sons and daughters. But I'm sure you know, even in a natural sense, uh, you can have children, but the children might not be your friends. But you can have children that are your friends. They, at some stage in life, they enter a relationship of friendship. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 41 verse 8, the New King James Version, it says, But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend. This was God's testimony. That you, Israel, you're, you're my servants. Jacob, I have chosen you. You're, you're the descendants of Abraham, my friend. 
I like the way the message translation puts it. Uh, that same scripture. It says, descendants of my good friend, Abraham. This is God testifying that this guy, Abraham, is my good friend. Um, and in James, the second chapter and the 23rd verse, the Bible says, and scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. He was called the friend of God. And in 2 Chronicles 20 verse 7, the same thing is, is, is repeated for us. Just to drive home this message that this guy, Abraham, was a friend of God. It says in that scripture, 2 Chronicles 20 verse 7, it says, Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? That's deep. So God says, you're my friend. You're not just my friend for a season. Uh, the depth of our friendship is such that you are my friend forever. And we're going to be talking about friendship, with this friendship with God, not just today, but next week, Sunday. But today, just wanted to share with you the benefits of friendship with God. Some of the benefits of friendship with God. You know, if we truly understood what it is to be a friend of God, it would be our number one priority, our number one goal to become a friend of God. Uh, number one, God wants to be with his friends. If God calls you a friend, he wants to be with you. He wants to hang with you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to fellowship with you. And, you know, God hasn't uh, become, uh, um, he hasn't uh, acquired the English culture of telling you before he comes, if he's your friend. Yeah, you know, you can't go to anybody's house in England. You've got to uh, let them know. If you go, just arrive, they're wondering why you came. You know, uh, in the village in Africa, everybody's house is your house. When you arrive, then they, you have arrived. But, but God doesn't have any, God, doesn't, God, 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 because you're his friend, he can come unannounced. Uh, you know the story with Abraham in Genesis, the 18th chapter, verses 1 and 2. The Bible says, as he visited Abraham, the Bible says, Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. The man was sitting there. It was so hot. He was wondering, why is the world so hot? He didn't have it. It was nowhere on his mind that anything spectacular was going to happen, but God visited him. I, I pray God will visit you when you're least expecting it. Uh, for those who said amen, may he visit you when you're least expecting it. And, and so Abraham, he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, there were three men standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tenth door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. This was pre-incarnate Christ come with two other uh, companions of his. I presume they were angels. Uh, who came to visit Abraham. Unannounced. Uh, Abraham didn't ask for it. But God just wants to be with his friends. And sometimes God thinks, you know what? I, I like hanging with this guy. Let me go down and hang with Abraham. May God come to hang with you. May he come to visit your home. And it was out of that visit that Abraham's deepest heart's desire was answered. And may that be someone's testimony. Because Abraham desperately wanted a child. But things were bad in a natural sense. He was past the age of childbearing. So was his wife. 
in a natural sense, everything had shut down. You see, when God visits you, he can open up whatever he wants to open up. He can start whatever he wants to start. Things that others might have said are dead, with a visitation from God to his friend, they can come back to life. And that's what exactly happened. He said to them in, in the 10th verse, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life, and behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, God wants to be with his friends. Uh, he doesn't want to be with religion. He wants to be with his friends. Number two, God's friends, the friendship with God, God, God allows a liberty in petitioning him that people who are not his friends don't have. Because of the friendship, I'm, I'm sure you understand what, what it is. Because of certain friendships, there are certain things a friend can tell you that somebody else can't tell you. Does that make some sense? Yeah? The friend just has a liberty because of the friendship. And when you look at how Abraham petitions God in Genesis, the 18th chapter, you see clearly displayed for us the liberty of friendship in the place of prayer as he petitions God. And I want us to read, that, read those scriptures. There are 10 verses, but please read them with me because in themselves, they, they, they drive home the point, the audacity, the importunity uh, that, that Abraham displayed as he petitioned God only came from a foundation of deep friendship. Hear him from verse 23. And Abraham came near. Yeah, he came near. Uh, he was allowed at that access, proximity. Because of that friendship with God. He came near and said, would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? I mean, that statement alone, nobody in the whole of Israel at that time could have spoken to God like that. They were terrified of God. I mean, they knew he was benevolent, but they just thought, you know what? We, 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 we don't get him. But the friendship allowed Abraham to come and start a conversation with God with that question. Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this. To slay the righteous with the wicked so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Aren't you amazed at the importunity of him? How he addresses God? But it's the friendship that allows it. Did God say, Abraham, how dare you speak to me like that? No. Because he understood where it was coming from. This is my friend, albeit my, cre my creation. But I've allowed him certain liberties because of that friendship. So what does God do? God answers him. So the Lord said, If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. I just love this. See, see, I mean, this is praying. He says, God, you want to do that? You actually want to do that? He said, far be it from you. You want to kill the righteous with the wicked? God, far be it from you. That's not the kind of God you are. And God says, okay, it's okay. If I find 50, I'll spare it. 
Now, how many know that Abraham should have gone and done a Thanksgiving service there? But he presses in. And you see, that's what friendship allows. It allows you to press in where others stop. Then Abraham answered and said, Indeed now, I who am but dust and ashes have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. You know, it's, the, it's, it's friends who are playing a game. Abraham has pushed it and he thinks, okay, maybe I've pushed it too far. So he says, okay, God, you know, it's okay. I'm dust and ashes. I shouldn't really be speaking to you. But suppose there were five less than the 50 righteous. Would you destroy all the city for the lack of the five? How many get a sense that God is enjoying this? How many get that sense? That's what happens with friendship. You know, you can't call someone your friend. The person is talking to you. Mm. This is something. So, mm. How many know body language says a lot? Mm. That's not a friend. But you can sense God's enjoyment. He says, okay, God, what if you, what if you found 45? So God says, if I find there 45, I will not destroy it. The Bible says, and he spoke to him yet again and said, suppose there should be 40 found there. So God said, okay, for the sake of, for your, if I find 40, for the sake of the 40, I will not destroy it. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak. These are friends who are talking. Don't think that he had not done this before. This is how him and God spoke. They just didn't write it all for us. They gave us one example. You, you can't go and talk to God like this if you haven't been talking to God like this. He says, suppose 30 should be found there. So he said to him, I, I will not do it if I find 30 there, there. And he said, indeed now I have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 should be found there. You can actually imagine God smiling in heaven. He says, okay, Abraham, I won't do it for 20. And then he goes on and says, let not the Lord be angry. I will speak but once more. Suppose 10 should be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the, for the 10. And he stopped there. I wonder what would have happened if he pressed on, don't you? So he says, so the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. There's a, there's a liberty that allows someone to, be, to, to approach God with importunity when one is a friend of God. Number three, God feels obliged to tell his friends before he acts in their sphere. It's just an obligation God feels. It, it, I'm not surprised about it. God, is, God is, is the epitome of good behavior. So God feels that that's your area. I put you there. You have an assignment there. It's your family. It's not just right for me to come in and do anything. You know why a lot of the prophecies today are prophecies that you and I can prophesy? There are some things people say as prophecies. No, it, 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 if you know the weather forecast, you can prophesy concerning the weather. I mean, weather forecast now can tell you what's going to happen in, in a year. So there's not, that's not prophecy. The real prophecies are the things that God whispers into the ears of his friends. And they, t they say it when he allows them to say it. And it's obvious this is from God. And God feels obliged. He's, he's my friend. I can't just go in there and... Things are happening and I haven't told my friend. 
When God decided that he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he knew that Abraham, Abraham had a stake. Abraham's nephew was in the place that was going to be destroyed. It was, in the, it was around Abraham. And so what does God say in verses 17 and 18? He says, shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. God says, it's just not proper. Angels, just hang on a second. We have to let my friend know. May that be your portion. That something is about to happen in your family and God will say, I, I, just hang on a second. I need to let my friend know. Something's about to happen in your community. God lets you know. In the city he has placed you. In the nation where you are an intercessor for that nation. God says, it's, I have a friend. We can't move in this way without my friend knowing. It's a bit more than religion, what we're talking about. is the depth of true relationship with God. Number four. God blesses the families of his friends. <laughs> you know, people are so concerned with leaving an inheritance for their children, their children's children. The best inheritance you can give is to be a friend of God. Your children will be blessing you long after you've gone to your grave. They'll be blessing you while you are alive because your friendship with God has blessed them. Genesis 19 verse 29. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham. Yeah? God remembered who? Say it one more time. Now, what did God say about Abraham? He said, Abraham is a friend of mine forever. Yeah? So God remembered Abraham. And what happened as a result of God remembering his friendship with Abraham? It says, and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. <laughs> Lot, in a natural sense, deserved what he got. Because when God blessed Lot and blessed Abraham so much that their cattle and their their, their animals became too much for the land, the resources of the land. And their headsmen started fighting. Abraham said to Lot, there's no need for us to fight. We're family. So you choose which direction you will go to. Whatever direction you choose, I will go in the other way. May your choices not be based on your natural senses, but on what the Spirit of God is saying. So you know the scriptures, Genesis 13, verses 10 to 12. Lot lifted up his eyes, one of his five senses, and he saw the plain of Jordan, Genesis 13, 10 to 12. And what he saw, he liked. It was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other 
Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan and Lord dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent. When it was time to choose, Lot looked up. His eyes fell on the well-watered plains. It was like the Garden of Eden. He had no way of knowing that burning sulfur was going to rain down on that area. That God was going to judge the communities in that area. And so he chose to go with his eyes. May God help us not to make stupid decisions with our natural senses. And Abraham let him go. So in a natural sense, people might have said, Lord, you deserve what you got for being led by your senses. Possibly some greed involved. Certainly carnality. But then the Bible says God remembered Abraham and despite Lot's misbehavior, God said to them, rescue Lot for Abraham's sake before you destroy it. There's a way you can have friendship with God. Your children, they will not even know that what is happening to them. They think, oh, I went to KPMG and I did well in the interview. I sat down, I prepared, you know, I spoke to the panel. I took my degree from London School of Economics or King's College or Warwick University or whatever. And I went there. I, I read Harvard Law Review. I'm saying Harvard Law Review, read all that. My friendship with God got you that thing. That's how it works. The friendship with God. I say, you went somewhere, they said, somebody blessed you and said, oh, I, you know, they just, oh, here's, here's, a little, here's a little token. And you, you come back and you say, mom, I just met somebody, they gave me 100 pounds. I say, it's somebody's friendship with God that brought that 100 pounds. You're just walking in the blessing like Lot. Just enjoying what Abraham has done. So we strive for that to be the case. That our children are, and those in our family are blessed because of our friendship with God. You want to make friendship with God priority. Look at the scriptures we read initially, Isaiah 41, verses 8 to 10. But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth, and called from its furthest region, regions and said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you. I have not cast you away. Fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strength, strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Why is, the, is Israel having all those things? God said it at the start. Because you are descendants of Abraham, my friend. Number five. God will protect his friends. <laughs> I just thought that she was his sister to make 301 or whatever it is. So God saw his heart and God saw it was true. And listen to what God said. God said to him, you know what? Abraham will pray for you. Friendship with God is something. He says in verses 17 and 18, so Abraham prayed to the God to God and God healed Abimelech his wife and his female servants then they bore children for the Lord before Lord, the Lord killed him the Lord had closed the womb of every woman the 300 or how many 500 none of them was going to have a child and then 
Upon that, God was going to kill him. Don't mess with God's friends. It's a dangerous thing. That the Lord had closed their wombs because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. And the same thing happened in Egypt. <laughs> in Genesis, the 12th chapter. When Abraham came to Egypt, he noticed how the Egyptians were looking at his wife. Sarah must have been quite a stunning woman. Physically. Because everywhere they were all looking at her. The princes of Pharaoh saw her and they went and told their father. And there's one woman we've seen. She came with one man. Wretched looking man. But she's very serious looking. So Pharaoh sent and took her into his house. And then for, because he took her into his house to be part of his harem, he treated Abraham well. Abraham, you know, had a few issues, as you can see. He treated Abraham well. And he gave Abraham sheep and oxen, male and female servants, donkeys, camels. And guess what God did? God plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, his wife. Don't mess with a friend of God. They don't even have to fight you. God will fight you on their behalf. Number six, the last one as we end. God's friendships with his friends are covenant friendships. God is a covenant-keeping God. He doesn't do casual friendships. He doesn't do superficial friendships. God doesn't do that. Um, sons and daughters are different. You see, we are, we, are, we are sons and daughters because of Christ. We are, we are part of his family. But friendship, he, he has to make that choice. And when he makes a choice for someone to be his, friends, his friend, he usually will seal it with a covenant. It's a covenant relationship. Genesis 17, verses 1 to 5. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you, and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham, Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abraham, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. The start of a friendship with God, where that covenant is made, is always accompanied by some prophetic changes that take place in a person's life. And it is always tied to the person's destiny in God. So when God came to Abraham to establish this friendship, he made a covenant with him. He said, I'll be your God. And I'll cut a covenant with you. And to signify this covenant, I'm going to change your name so that the name that I give you now lines up with my call on your life. Every time the name is spoken, it will lead you one more step towards my call. It will confirm what I have planned for you. I hope it has stirred in your heart a desire and a passion to be a friend of God. It's all that matters. All this running, 
running around the whole place chasing things. All these distractions. The, the ultimate goal should be friendship with God. That he too might say of you and I that so and so is a friend of mine. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. Lord, help us. Help us. We genuinely desire that friendship with you. We desire it, Heavenly Father. Help us. The start of that journey to friendship, of course, is that you become a son or daughter. Not just a creation of his, but you acquire sonship. And you acquire sonship by receiving his son as your Lord and Savior. That's the start of the journey. You can't even talk about becoming a friend if you're not a son. And the, the term son, despite all the confusion in the world today, is a generic term. There's no need to change anything in the Bible. So you want to be a son of God, you're male or female. You want to um, acquire sonship. You want to become him to become your father. You do that by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And then you start the journey to friendship. And we'll talk a bit more about that next week. But if there's anyone who is in here, in person, or you're online, and this story has touched your heart, and you want to find yourself in that place of friendship with God, like Abraham. He believed God and was counted as righteousness. That's what got him there, his belief in God. And you're being challenged today. Will you take that step? And express your belief in his son. Who is the express image of him. And as you do that, start the journey to friendship. So as I pray with all heads bowed. You, accept, you want to accept him as your savior. And, and enter that journey to friendship with God. You want to become a son or daughter of his. But anybody saying, I want to start that relationship with him. I want to settle it now. I want to make clear that I am a son a daughter. I want to be welcomed into his kingdom. Anybody saying that? Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. If you're online and you are you're starting that journey, you want to give your life to Jesus, um, then please click that QR code and, and our hosts will be chatting with you as they welcome you into God's family. Father, we bless you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Together we say amen and amen. Go and give God a clap of your own. Hallelujah. Amen.